The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Catch a creative vibe on the Urban Cube with Sister Shamiza. Two minutes of the show has gone by and um, we weren't on studio. So I'm going to repeat most of the things that I said uh, all again. Massive big assalamu alaikum to all our listeners in the studio um, joining us this morning, uh, wherever you are. This is the Urban Cube show brought to you live and direct from Inspire FM this morning. My name's Shamiza, taking you all the way up to 12 o'clock and the uh, time is three minutes past 10 at Monday 19th of August. On the show today, we are talking careers because it is Inspire FM's Careers Week and last week, uh, the results for the A-levels came out, um, which has been really fascinating um, to observe on uh, social media and especially in particular the Inspire FM were also in contact with a lot of students with their results. So massive big congratulations to everybody that got their results last week. Now always remember guys that those results, good or not so, not as you'd expected, does not really make you who you are. Um, your journey, your journey continues and you become, you. you there are so many um, experiences and examples of people who completely change their careers um, after they've actually gone to university. And um, so if you have received the results that you've uh, worked hard for, massive big congratulations to you. If you haven't received the results that you were expecting, no worries. Honestly, keep your chin up, be positive and um, look towards the future. Lots of other opportunities will be paving your way. Um, Don't allow that result to kind of be the end, uh, be all and end all. Now, as I've already mentioned, the show is uh, marking Careers Week because Inspire FM are talking about careers all throughout this week. Next week, I believe it is going to be the GCSE results. They are going to be coming out. And in the studio this morning, I'm joined by a wealth of guests over the phone and in the studio sharing with me their creative journeys, which I'm super, super excited to do. Now, if you'd like to join in with any of the conversations, guys, always, always really enjoy listening and reading out your messages and get in touch with us. You can actually contact us on the Facebook page for Inspire FM on the comments box and also um, on WhatsApp as well, which is 07779481822. Now, today's show, I'm joined by a fabulous lineup of guests, guests who are working in the field, who have actually left high-end jobs, uh, for example, companies, um, banking companies, to actually follow their heart um, and work in the either the charitable sector or the creative entrepreneur industry. I've also got fa- a fantastic poet, not one but two, that will be performing uh, pieces uh, from their collection. One poet is joining me all the way from Wales over the phone, which is absolutely amazing. And a local poet as well will be joining us in the studio too. And in the studio, I'm also joined by another remarkable guest who really, really astounds me. And I'm so intrigued by her creative journey because she's actually a games industry illustrator. Yep, you heard it. A games industry illustrator. Now, games are 
very, very popular amongst young people. Um, every child in, in every household and even adults are kind of sort of addicted to some form of game. And it's absolute, it's an absolute pleasure to have. Zakia in the studio joining me. Now, Zakia is a friend of the show because she's been uh, on Inspire FM in the past. So she's joining me this morning once again. And also she's not coming, she's not here on her own because she's actually giving away one of her illustrations, which I'm super, super excited to kind of show you. Now, I've already put that on my personal Facebook page and I've had, believe it or not, Zakia, somebody all the way from um, India contact me about that illustration, believe it or not. But I'm sure, guys, you are wanting to find out more about Zakia and less about me. So, assalamu alaikum, Zakia. Welcome, Salam, I'm Zakia. Thank you so very much for joining me this morning. How how are you this morning? Yeah, I'm doing very good, thank you. How are you coping with the weather and, and the actual uh, the summer break? Are you on a summer break or are you working? Um, at the moment, I'm looking to change change, change studios. So, yeah. Ah, change studios. Tell me more. What do you mean by changing studios? Oh, I just mean, so the company I was working at the moment, I felt like I wanted to have a bigger challenge so right now I'm just interviewing with a few other studios. Okay, interesting. And then this is really quite interesting because it is Careers Week with Inspire FM and we're wanting to inspire our listeners um, relating to careers. It could be starting a new career, changing direction or um, just learning about different different types of careers. Now, this show is all about creativity and engagement. Um and you're so, so you fit in so very nicely because your your career is very quite unique. Um, unique in the sense I don't know many Muslim girls who are actually yeah. in the games industry, but I I have read there in Pakistan that there are a, lo- a, a lot of young ladies kind of venturing into this and doing so well and have, have kind of illustrated or worked with uh, with uh, special effects in you know Hollywood movies as well. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's growing bigger there, the industry, I've, for my research as well. They're opening up quite a few studios there. Um, but and- yeah, I started off uh, from working in the... I was going to be a pharmacist, so it's quite a big change. Wow, from pharmacy to games illustration. Yeah, <laughs> games are. Okay, so where, where did that uh, change come about? Because that's quite a different industry, but it's like on the opposite spectrum. Well, I've always that if if people the people who know me they always know that I've always been someone who's really into art. Mm-hmm. Art has been my core um, ever since I was growing up. It's been something, not just a form of escape, but it's been something I've always been very serious about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always loved science as well. So either I was going to be a scientist or I was going to be an artist. So when I started off, I started um, genuinely going to pursue being a pharmacist mm-hmm. so I did biomed for half a year wow. and then after that um, I then um, had a breakthrough moment actually when I was in my apartment and I was painting I was like no I really want to I really want to be an artist so from there I just naturally led into the game industry wow just a breakthrough moment in your apartment yeah. <laughs> whilst you're painting you decide right that's it I want to do it now how did your family um relate to your breakthrough moment of well, not wanting to do pharmacy but actual illustration and artistry it was challenging to explain that first but um i think because i had so much work to back me up 
and mm. I had so much drive at the time and mm. still now. I think they saw the fire in my eyes and then they were inspired by it. The fire in yeah. your eyes, how poetic. <laughs> um, it was like, do not challenge my moment. That fire was not anger, I hope. No, it was an anger. No. <laughs> and, and here you are sharing your story. Now, I believe, I think it was a couple of years ago when I first interviewed you. And was that, I think it may have been the first year of your degree course because you actually went on to do a degree in yeah. this area. Um, so what was the course that you went to go on to study? So I studied 3D games at the University of Hertfordshire, mm -hmm. which was a three-year course and it um it specializes in both uh, vfx animation and games art mm. and i went into specializing for games art and what was it about the games art industry that drew you um to turn that passion or interest into a career i think it's um it, generally i was drawn into it because out of the three things games has been something i've always had a, a passion for and it's like the modern day equivalent of the Renaissance in terms of the quality of the art. Oh, yes, very good quality art being produced. It's quite exciting. Now, this is really quite something because you've called it the Renaissance of, you know, art, like in the gaming industry. And I find that really quite something to hear. I would never have associated art of such high end and calibre with the games industry. So that shows my ignorance. But the way you said that, your face lit up. <laughs> um, and your work is quite extraordinary. How would you describe it to listeners listening in? Because obviously, um, we do have Facebook Live. Um, I'm hoping so. You do have a piece with you, which you're actually wanting to give away. Yeah. I understand. Do you have that piece? Are you whole? Um, um, yeah, I do. Yeah, do you mind lifting it up? It's quite and large. Yeah, showing it to the camera. Wow. That is extraordinary. It's very fairy tale, fairy tale like, very soft. Um, I'm loving the softness in the illustration, and it's very, uh, very, there's a sweet subtlety about it. it and how would you describe it to the listeners, this image that you're wanting to kind of this, and you've done this, is this hand painted or is this using um, graphic design? Um, I used Photoshop mainly for it. So I've used a combination of Photoshop with the photo bashing technique, but it's hand painted uh, digitally. Hand painted digitally. Yeah. The the contrast of those two and the fact that, you know, you've created something as beautiful as this. Um, it's, how would you describe your style of illustration? Um, I think I'd describe my style of illustration as semi-stylistic mm. and fantasy space. I think you explained ah. it pretty well. Um, because I'm into fairy tales and fantasy-based um, genres. And it clearly is, and it's very quite uh, beautiful. Now, this illustration, um, semi-stylistic, is that what you called it? Semi-stylized, yeah. Semi-stylized. Semi is, um, is this like a common, is this your main style that you create yeah. throughout all your illustrations? I'd say because mainly my illustration work is more personal, I'd say definitely, yeah, it's, it falls more towards the genres that I'm more interested in. Mm -hmm. So um, as for my work, I follow what the studio style and the genre is. But okay, when you say studio style, it's like that's your employees. Yeah. Yeah, and so you kind of follow a rationale or brief that they yeah, exactly. put forward to you. Now, um, folks, this beautiful piece, it, does it have a title? 
It's called Spring. Spring. Yeah. Oh, how apt. <laughs> uh, spring. This piece, Spring, um, is created by no other than Zakia Abdullah. She's with us in the studio this morning and uh, she's a games illustrator. A games illustrator with a remarkable talent. Um, uh, it's an utterly beautiful piece that she's actually giving away to one lucky listener this morning. And we're going to be thinking of a question to give uh, uh, for you guys to answer to win this piece. Now, um, what I want, I'm asking you guys is what profession or what, uh, what profession does Zakia Abdullah work in? What profession does Zakia Abdullah work in? Very, very easy to answer. You can actually roll back on Facebook Live, rewind, and you can listen in to the interview um, to find out. Or you can actually go on to the Inspire Fun Facebook page because we've got a bit of a blurb there that tells you what she does as well. Look, I'm so helpful this morning. I'm giving away the answer because that's what it's all about. It's all about the good vibes, people, on the Urban Cube this morning. The time is 10.15. I'm not alone in the studio. I'm joined by no other than Zakia Abdullah, who's a games illustrator. She's an artist and and a games industry illustrator as well. She's giving away an absolutely stunning piece, which is uh, a fairy tale piece. And um, that piece is being given away this morning. Now, if you'd like to join in with any of the conversations on the show this morning, it's 07779481822. On today's show, we are talking about careers and creative career journeys that um, my guests have uh, made or are still making just to inspire and motivate you guys if you're wanting to kind of have a career change or and also to inspire our younger listeners who are actually following the, their new journey of uh, for the future, those that have actually achieved their A-level results are now going on to university to um, very, very shortly, and those that will be receiving their GCSE results. So it's all about inspiring and providing some expert advice for those who are actually in it, who've done it, and are wearing the T-shirt. Um, in the studio is Zakia Abdullah this morning. She is a games illustrator. So if you've got any questions, if you're a person listening into the show this morning and wants to, venture in this industry, then please do get in touch. Now on the show, I'm also joined by two other awesome guests all the way from London and Wales this morning. I'm going to be joined by Mohammed Malik. He's the founder um, of a social enterprise watch brand um, and the co-founder of Ramadan Legacy. He's an award-winning education which is an award-winning education company empowering Muslims to learn, love and live the month of Ramadan. Previously a big four auditor and financial accountant, Muhammad left the corporate world in 2016 to focus on startups and most recently has been coaching first-time entrepreneurs and leading a startup pre-accelerator. So Muhammad will be joining us very, very shortly to share with us some great tips on career changes. Also joined by a friend of the show is no other than Hanan Issa. She's a Welsh Iraqi poet and writer. She has been featured on both ITV Wales and BBC Radio Wales and worked in partnership with National Museum Wales, Arts Monday, Warwick University, Swansea Fringe, Stanza Festival, Wales Arts International and Serene Books. Her work has been published in Bannett Collective, Hedgehog Press, Wales Arts Review, Sagoon Mag and Lumen Journal. 
Poetry Wales, Why Stamp, Hearthian, Sisterhood Magazine and Muslim Girls. The list is endless. Wow. Her winning monologue was featured at Bush Theatre's Hijabi Monologues and she's the co-founder of Wales' first BAME open mic series, Where I'm Coming From. She was a 28 Hay Festival writer at work and this morning she's going to be talking to us about her her debut poetry pamphlet, My Body Can House Two Hearts, which is going to be published by Burning Eye Books in October 29. So that is Hanan Issa. We're also joined by another fabulous guest, um, a local from Luton, who's going to be reciting one of her poems as well this morning and has a little bit of a link to, I guess, Zakia. Zakia, do you want to introduce your sister this morning? Uh, my sister, she's uh, Rabia Abdullah. So she works in the pharmaceutical industry, but she also does poetry. Wow. So she's in the uh, pharmaceutical industry. So she didn't, she, you know, they caught her. <laughs> she didn't run away unlike yourself you decided to go into games illustration but Ravia decided to go uh, towards the pharmacy industry but it didn't actually dampen her creative spirit in any way because she is a poet who's going to be performing on the show so I'm super super excited about that now um I came across an article uh Zakia now you're you you are a young person that cha- changed their career interest or transition very very early on but I came across an article um, of a 80 year old woman who had actually done her first ever art exhibition and she decided to become an artist at the age of 80 and exhibit her work so there's never you know there's never an age limit you can actually go out and do what your heart wants to at any age would you agree with that I mean have you come across that story I definitely came across that story I found it very interesting because um it's been brought up quite a lot because it just shows you like how much passion and drive can really get you Mm. far and um at the end of the day like you mentioned it's not always about your grades as I thought when I was growing up Mm. It's also about where you want to, where you see yourself going, mm. and what you really want to do, and how you're going to get there. This determination. Now, for many of pe- many people that may have crossed your path, do they ever get astounded that you are actually in this profession? Because it's not a a profession we normally associate with Muslim girls to venture and you you wear the hijab um as well so you, yeah how did you how were you able to fit in into an industry like this and um did you have any barriers of sorts i think um it's definitely something which uh, i get a lot of questions about mm. um about like what do i do and having to explain the industry to people um not just as a muslim but as a person really it's not really a common industry but it's definitely an industry that's growing and it's definitely an industry full of a lot of creativity and mm. vibe to it. Um, challenges, I'd say, is more of uh, when I was starting off trying to explain it to my parents and also mm. trying to get the approval of um, culturally from people. But I, I, as I grew as an artist, I realised that it's all about your voice and what you have to say. That's more important than anything else. And you shouldn't let anything dampen that down. Your voice and what you have to say is more important. And you shouldn't allow that to be dampened down. That, that quote was by Zakia. <laughs> how, how extraordinary. Now, you mentioned culturally explaining that to people. I mean, what, what is it culturally that you had to kind of uh, justify? 
I think it's because generally when uh, in our culture it's associated with a, a lot of um, people growing up, they're associated to be doctors or pharmacists or mm-hmm. lawyers. So to kind of be out there and say, I want to be in the creative fields is a really big risk, not just in our culture, but outside our culture as well. Right. So now... For you growing up, um, culturally, were you inspired by art and creativity? And did you know of any other games illustrators that looked and sounded like you? It was very hard to find people, I admit, when I was growing up. That's why one reason I wanted to come on the show, to mm-hmm. show that there's people out there doing this. Um, but there was one artist I found, actually, when I went to a convention um, and she was by the name of Amy, I think. Mm-hmm. And it was around five years ago or so. But she was an illustrator and her work was remarkable. It was amazing. And I sh- I was just so surprised to see someone similar to me. She was Iranian, but she was similar to me. And it showed me at that age that it can be done, that it was possible. Now, I've just received a message from a photographer um, that is based in America. And she's just said, oh my goodness, Zaki's work is amazing. Uh, <laughs> that's quite nice. That's nice to hear. <laughs> and um, thank you, Medea, uh, for your message. And yeah, and, and I'm getting a lot of that on my social media. People have seen your work and they're like, wow, because it's very unexpected. Yeah, because I would say so, yeah. This, this genre is just not something that you'd expect Uh a sort of Pakistani Muslim girl to kind of venture towards. And this is what makes it quite exciting. Do you like the fact that people are quite blown away by by your work, the quality of it? Because it is very beautifully, and it does look, there's a fusion of like modernity, modern and Renaissance art in this piece. Yes, uh, that's something I really try to achieve because I'm heavily inspired by Renaissance paintings mm. and uh, a lot of uh, the pre-Raphaelite time paintings. But I'm also inspired by what's going on in the game industry and what's mm. going on in the film industry. Mm. So it's kind of a fusion of that and mixed in with a bit of culture as well. Um, but yeah, I like I like it when people get surprised by what I do. It's interesting. I find it really interesting. Yeah. What is it that you find interesting? Just to see their reactions and just to see them get excited by what I do. It's like just to see the twinkle in their eye kind of thing. I like that, the twinkle in their eye, because <laughs> yeah. you've got a twinkle in your eye as well. <laughs> oh, bless you. Now, folks, we are heading off to a break. Um, and after the break, I'm joined by another fantastic guest who is uh, is supporting my show today uh, uh, in reference to Careers Week. He is a... Uh, uh, an extraordinarily extraordinary young man who actually gave a gave up his career in uh, the banking industry to follow his passion um, for sort of supporting others to make a difference in their lives. So I'm going to be joined by Mohammed Malik straight after the break. Also still joined by Zakia. So do comment on um, all our social media platforms on any questions regarding her work and we are giving away her painting too so join me straight after this break for more creative careers conversations uh, from me and Zakia assalamu alaikum the blue sky is blue light blue bubble gum but it prays to Allah 
It prays to Allah and like the flavor of the blue sky and the bubble gum won't last. We've got to thank Allah before our chances go past. I don't wanna be a grown-up like the grown-ups I have seen Cause the grown-ups I have seen don't seem to have much fun They don't get down on the floor enough to pray or play with toys When I'm a grown-up, I won't wanna be one Now if I lived back at the time of the prophet I know that he would be different I just know he'd find the time And I would make him something special Like some paper planes or something I could race those planes with him Or get a camelback ride The blue sky is blue like blue bubblegum But it prays to Allah It prays to Allah And like the flavor of the blue sky And the bubblegum won't last We've got to thank Allah before our chances go bad. I'd like to write a promise, I want you to make it too, that if I misbehave a little like I sometimes do, you won't get really mad and you'll be patient like the prophet. I really love my promise, how about you? Cause the blue sky is blue like blue bubblegum, but it prays to Allah. It prays to Allah and like the flavor of the blue sky and the bubble gum won't last. We've got to thank Allah before our chances go past. To be a mommy or a daddy must be really, really hard. So let's take a break together cause I know how much you try. Let's have a dish of applesauce then tumble in the yard and we can play and we can pray along with the blue sky. The blue sky is blue like blue bubblegum, but it prays to Allah, it prays to Allah and like the flavor of the blue sky and the bubblegum won't last. We've got to thank Allah before our chances go past. We've got to thank Allah before our chances go past. Tune in to Inspire FM on 105.1 FM and globally at www.inspirefm.org. Catch a creative vibe on the Urban Cube with Sister Shamiza. Good morning and assalamu alaikum. It is 10.30, Monday 19th of August and you are listening to what else? It is the Urban Cube with me. Shamariza, taking all the way up to 12 o'clock on Inspire FM. We're beaming out the fabulous people of uh, Luton surrounding areas, Peterborough and Sheffield this morning. A massive big assalamu alaikum to everybody tuning in. How has your weekend been, people? I hope it's been fabulous. You've had a relaxing time and enjoying the weather as always, however unpredictable the weather may be. My goodness, it was raining and then it was sunny and then it was windy. I just can't keep up. I wonder how you're keeping up. Um, And uh, I'm going to be finding out how my guests are keeping up with the weather. They're in the studio this morning and uh, we're keeping up with their careers uh, on the show because it is Inspire FM's Careers Week and we are wanting to share the creative or the very inspirational career journeys of our guests in the studio and over the phone this morning. In the studio right now, I'm absolutely delighted delighted to introduce two local ladies who are friends of the show because they have been on the show in the past as well, uh, who are 
sharing uh, their their passion uh, for creativity. Um, absolutely wonderful to have uh, the very awesome Rabia Abdullah joining me this morning and her, believe it or not, her sister, who is no other than Zakia Abdullah. Assalamu alaikum, Rabia. I'm very, very well. Now, you're rushing on your feet this morning because you're in a meeting and now you're here. Thank you so very much for joining me. Um, How's your morning been apart from rushing around? (laughs) It's been okay, actually. The weather's quite nice, as you mentioned the weather. It's been quite nice. Now, it's National Soft Ice Cream Day, people. So, when's the last time you had a soft ice cream that came from a van? Because I just feel soft ice cream, you know, the best ice cream, the best comes from a van. I don't know. I think probably a couple of months ago. A month, a couple of months ago. Yeah, non, yeah, non yeah. throughout the summer. No, no. I, I went. Unfortunately, I went for the frozen ones. <laughs> you went for the frozen ones. Well, uh, what about you, Zakia? Do you prefer soft ice cream or do you prefer frozen? Soft ice cream, I'd say, definitely. Any particular, do you go for the actual sauce on the ice cream? Yes, definitely the raspberry sauce. Yeah? I think Italian ice cream is, is definitely the best. The, the ah, so it's oh, the war of ice creams now. What, what about like um, kulfi? Kulfi's quite nice. Yeah. Oh, I don't really like that kind, that, that flavour, to be honest. Really? Yeah. You must be the only person I've ever come across that said that. From <laughs> a South Asian heritage. Are you into kulfi? Kulfi's okay, yeah. I like the date flavour. Uh-huh. Now, uh, oh, date flavour, I've not come across that. Oh, no, there's a date flavour, it's really nice. Wow, that's that's interesting. Never, never tried that. I've got to try that. That's on my list to do. Um, why am I talking ice cream? It is National Soft Ice Cream Day, people, and I always have a national day of some sort, and it just seems quite fitting. We are heading to the end of the summer holidays, summer break, goodness me. It's going by very quickly. The children, um, I don't know, are your, my children are getting a little bit sort of, I want to go to school now, I'm getting bored, and they all and they even said to me, so when are we getting our uniforms together? I'm like, gosh, you lot are quite eager to get out of the house and get back to school. Are they the feelings that your children are having? How are you guys getting on with keeping the little ones entertained? Would love to find out from you to do that. It's 07779481822. And would love to find out when's the last time you guys had a soft ice cream possibly from an ice cream van now what makes me laugh and what makes me giggle is you know what when when it says 99 soft ice cream you expect to pay 99 not anymore people it's about two pound to grab a 99 how does that even work i don't understand i do not understand i just think that's a little bit unfair i don't know zakia um well what do you think uh, inflation <laughs> inflation <laughs> everything even the funfair rides like the prices have increased in them they used to be like 50p weren't they and then back in the day now it's like uh, two pound and stuff w- which century were they 50p i just you know that was a long long time ago my goodness um but this comes back to the inspire fm eid event and um, congratulations to inspire fm and um i hope everybody that attended the inspire fm eid event had a fantastic time we did try very hard to keep those rides at a pound so uh, you should have gone to that to the Inspire FM Eid event if you wanted a pound ride. Did you go? Um, no, no, I thought not. Naughty you, naughty you. Now, um, Rabia, you're going to be talking to us about your poetry journey very, very shortly. But just before then, I'm joined by a guest uh, over the phone who's going to be joining me all the way from London by the name of Mohammed Malik. And whilst we speak, to, uh, whilst we get ready to speak to him, um, Rabia, I just want to come back to you. It's really quite uh, fascinating that um, 
Zakia talked about entering the pharmacy industry, um, but deciding not to study that, but go into games illustration. However, you ventured into pharmacy, um, was, uh, but you're also a poet on the side. Oh, yeah. Um, so basically, no, I just continued my career and focused more on studies and like that route. So, But then what happened is, I don't know, like, because, you know, when you're doing like work that is very logical and mm-hmm. very kind of... Because the human brain has two sides. You've got the creative side, you've got the logical kind of side. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone has, everyone kind of needs to use both sides. Mm. To, and then you can feel really balanced. So I guess I was always on the logical side, for example, with my work and things. But then I just felt like, okay, I need to do something else. So before I was doing like little drawings with my sister and stuff like that. But then just recently I started writing poems. Wow. Um, it just came out like very recently. Um maybe a couple of months ago or something like that. I just basically just got that urge and I just started writing poems and stuff. But when I was little, I used to write like stories. Mm-hmm. But the thing was like, I didn't pursue it because basically my work involves a lot of writing anyway. <laughs> so I thought it's, it's a lot, it's very like time consuming, I guess, to kind of write long stories and things like that. So um, I thought, how can I kind of present a story in a short and succinct way kind of thing that would relate to the reader? without too many words and things. So then that's why I started doing the poetry thing. How awesome. And we're going to have the pleasure of hearing your poetry very, very shortly in the show. Now, um, the poem poetry, have you actually performed the poetry on a public platform? I've, I've never ever. So this is going to be the first time you're going to be doing that. Basically, oh. um, you're going to be doing that uh, for us. Uh, you were saying about your poems? Um, so what about the poems? So are you going to venture onto a public platform, do you think? Yes, yeah, yeah, sorry, I was saying yes. Basically, so there is one one um, event that I'm <coughs> going to do just mm-hmm. to try out. It's a ladies' uh, poetry event in London. It's called S Poetry. Fantastic. Um, so that's in the end of this month. Um, so I'm going to try out there. But for me, this is something definitely new. So, well, this is this is this is what this platform is all about. The Urban Cube is about celebrating new voices and those that uh, are quite familiar with uh, per- performing too. So it's an absolute pleasure that you're going to be showcasing your poetry on uh, exclusively on the Urban Cube. Um, so I'm super looking forward to that. So guys, the, it is at 10:38. You're listening to the Urban Cube with me. Miser, taking it all the way up to 12 o'clock. Now, this show is all about uh, creative conversations with inspirational trailblazers locally, nationally, and internationally. And today's show is no exception. And we're working in line with Inspire FM's um, theme of the week, which is all about careers. And it's because it's Careers Week. Now, the whole purpose of Careers Week is to support our wonderful youngsters who many have received their A-level results last week and many are going to be receiving their GCSE results as well. So my guests in the show have had all those experiences and are the living proof of the tail end of it. Um, they've worn the t-shirt and they're sharing their experiences. Now, that experience I'm sharing across the country with fabulous guests. And this morning, I'm 
delighted to be joined by a very talented young individual by the name of Mohammed Malik. Now, he is the founder of a social enterprise watch brand and the co-founder of Ramadan Legacy. Now, Ramadan Legacy is an award-winning education company empowering Muslims to learn, love and live the month of Ramadan. Previously, he was a big four auditor and, and financial accountant. Mohammed left the corporate world in 2016 to focus on startups and most recently has been coaching first-time entrepreneurs and leading a startup pre-accelerate, I can't even say that word, pre-accelerate, uh, that's it, thank you, Mohammed. Uh, assalamu alaikum, oh. you're going to have to help oh, me with that word. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, it, um, I, I thought it was Shamiza, you've just referred to yourself as Shamiza, so you, you've confused me um, specifically, <laughs> but no, I have to, yeah, so it's pre-accelerated, I don't know, they've just complicated the term with that pre added on top but it's essentially just a a weekly program to Mm -hmm. get people um kind of into this startup mindset so the main kind of like yeah so it's like a every week just a two-hour thing so alhamdulillah it's a brilliant way to get started uh, within within startup. Fantastic. Now, this is uh, the whole purpose of today's show, is getting people motivated, getting them started up, and possibly inspiring them to have a career change and inspiring them towards a potentially a new career. Now, you're not shy to this because you've had an extraordinary journey in, the, in your very young life, martial art, from being at one of a leading, leading um, sort of finance company to now becoming self-employed and following your heart's heart's direction um Mm. tell us a little bit more about um where you began because i understand that you worked for uh uh is it deloitte yes yeah so essentially um my kind of career path it kind of started at university i was i was really glad to and really lucky, in fact, to come across an organisation called SEO London. Mm-hmm. So they help um, kind of like uh, ethnic minority students with getting internships and also graduate schemes at um, you know corporate, whether that's legal or professional services. So I, I landed a internship with uh, Deloitte um, during the, between my second and third years at university, and I was studying uh, accounting and finance at City University. So alhamdulillah, that opened the doors and um, through that internship, I was then able to get onto the graduate program mm-hmm. uh, at Deloitte, alhamdulillah. So the essentially kind of like post-university, there's a lot of routes available. So I chose the professional services, mm-hmm. so that's kind of audit uh, and financial audit basically. And there's other um, graduate schemes as well, like consulting, tax and so on. Fun. Mohammed, so I want I to ask there. you, yeah. I want to ask you this question, sorry for interrupting. Cool. Did you go out and look for these opportunities or did somebody help you to get onto these schemes? Because I think a lot of young people um, I, mm. I, I hear from, especially the South Asian community, that they don't know what to do. They don't know how to get onto things. Exactly. Nobody's showing them the direction. And if you come from a typically sort of, say, a middle class family where you've got professionals, um, mm-hmm. uh, parents or aunties and uncles, there's always some or siblings. There's always somebody directing you. But if you're from a family that doesn't mm-hmm. or you might be the first one going to university, how do you even yeah. find out what to do? Exactly. So, so I want to tell you just to kind of go into this slightly because, you know, uh, as a as a typical uh, Pakistani British Pakistani experience that we've 
so my 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 mother was quite adamant on me to become a doctor, like but they're doctor Banja, you know, like you know, you have we Mashallah. need a doctor within the family. So um, because obviously that that that's a that's a desi requirement, mm. right? You want to have at least one, you know, daughter or son to become a doctor. But so that was the initial my initial kind of uh, driving uh, force was to become a become a doctor. But it was it was during a gap year that I, I took uh, after not getting into uh, med school when I actually came across family friends that mm-hmm. were in accounting and finance. Mm-hmm. And so I looked to myself and I thought, what was my driving force? What, why, what's the intrinsic motivation for medicine? And mm-hmm. that essentially was the need to help others. Mm-hmm. And when I came across these accountants, right, and they were doing extraordinary charity work and potentially were able to help way more people through their charity work than, say, a doctor would do, um, although, albeit less hands-on, I thought, wait, hang on a second, these guys are able to fund projects in Kenya, Pakistan, through through their, mm. you know, the philanthropic projects and stuff, so why not check this out? So I actually, you know, then I decided to apply for charity and finance as, uh, you know, mm. just to fulfill that need to help others. So. So essentially, I didn't have anybody to guide me at all uh, wow. from, from, you know, for at home. Uh, and it was just coming across by chance, these family friends and speaking to them at, at lunch or whatever, that I, I learned about accounting and finance. Otherwise, it was just doctor, 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 that's what it, all it was, you know, so... Uh, that's what, <laughs> that's um, what I knew. Rabia, but, yeah. you're, uh, we have Rabia and Zakia. Zakia is a uh, games illustrator, and Rabia is a she is a uh, pharmacist by day and poet by night. Now, Rabia, you're giggling mm. at listening into uh, Mohammed sharing his story. Do you get his vibe? Do you understand what yeah. he's talking about? No, I totally, yeah. I totally get it because, like, I, I had a similar situation because. Um, Growing up, like I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, and my parents were like, "Be a doctor, be a doctor." But then I realised I don't like um, cutting people up and stuff. Um, so then I just thought, "What am I interested in?" And I guess somehow I I got like um, a work experience in GSK. Mm-hmm. I did that, and then I really really enjoyed that, and I thought, "Okay, this is what I want to do." But I don't know what it is, but I want to do it. And then somehow I researched, mm. researched, and then I was like, "Oh, that's pharmacy." I was like, "Okay," but I'm not kind of doing the typical. <coughs> community pharmacy thing um basically i'm working in the pharmaceutical industry so it's a bit more kind of she's the lady behind the drugs people mm. oh. no, 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 it's, it's not bad stuff it's um it's, it's good stuff. good stuff good stuff that's a disclaimer <laughs> folks um in quantity right yeah in yeah. quantity she um we're going to be uh catching up with rabia sharing her story but i'm going to come back thank you for that rabia i'm going to come back to you Mohammed. now moving on fast forward you are working in an industry um that's uh many would be like wow what a fantastic job you're living the dream Mohammed uh working in this leading uh, like finance company so what happened so yeah essentially it's uh audit is essentially quite um sporadic in terms of the the, the, the the way that you'd be working so there's a thing that we have called the dreaded busy season right so from january to around about april it would be pretty pretty hardcore to be honest so you'd be working from a lot of my clients that i was working on so how it works in the audit is essentially mini jobs so jobs that may last three weeks to maybe a month and a half depending on um the size of the audit so you're moving on from job to job um and so with january to april you it's, it's pretty hectic so some of my clients are working eight o'clock 
all the way to 10 p.m. in at, at night. So wow. I, was, I didn't mm. I didn't know the reality of, of audit until I went there. But it was it was it really builds you a lot. There's mm-hmm. a very very steep learning curve mm-hmm. uh, in audit. So essentially, first you, you're doing very much manual uh, work, quite kind of like you know a, a keyboard bashing and kind of like uh, that's what they call it, and number crunching. But then you get kind of you get to this sweet sweeter spot where you're doing a lot more analytical work mm-hmm. and also leading groups. So alhamdulillah, I got to to the stage past the initial kind of um, you know uh, where you kind of manual stuff more into the analytical stuff, and that's when I got you know in, interested a lot into Islamic finance, mm. especially kind of like reading around Islamic finance. Mm-hmm faith-driven finance and, and, and stuff like that. I actually did my um, thesis at university on, uh, uh, on on Islamic microfinance, so I was like, well, wow. some, someday, inshallah, I would love to uh, get into this field. Mm-hmm. But um, then I, and then like, through, through a friend that was working at, um, at a bank uh, called Qatar Islamic Bank uh, in, in, in London, I, I actually ended up getting an offer uh, for uh, a role uh, in the bank, but it was a Slightly more junior than what I was at, mm-hmm. at Deloitte, but uh, I, I decided to kind of go into that field, and, uh, and, that and takes, yeah, it was quite an eye opener. <laughs> that takes a lot of confidence yeah. to actually leave an industry that is paying you. I and from excuse me if I'm wrong, good money to kind of come down a scale and follow your heart. That's quite brave. Um, was that the right decision for you? And when was that moment where you decided, right, I kind of I want to change direction, like this is where I want to kind of be? Or are you yeah. still on that journey where you're still searching? So I want to be totally honest here, right? I mean, it comes down to what we mentioned before about having advice and people around you. Mm. I didn't actually consult um, anybody apart from my my old man, right? <laughs> so, <clears throat> so essentially, looking back, perhaps I should have consulted because it was from my perspective. Oh, you know, Islamic finance future. Let's go for it. That's like, yeah, let's do this. But if you were to, when it comes to a career change, it's always good to speak to people that okay. you know are in the in the fields or mm-hmm. you know that are essentially what you want to be in a right. few years time mm-hmm. and that's why i would say to whoever's looking to whether you know you've got your a-level results right now and you're not happy with them or you are you know you've got the results that you want and you're looking to go down a certain career path seek out those mentors you could do so through even like linkedin just create a linkedin account mm-hmm. search for the people that are good advice you know, people that you that yeah that, that, that you want to be like in, in a few years time or mm-hmm. look within your friends and family look you know just, just try to consult with somebody and, and and you know what it's incredible how people are just willing to help especially young people mm-hmm. the number of young people that have kind of like contacted me through LinkedIn and I've kind of you know turned you know they become like men, uh, mentees mm-hmm. or even just short kind of calls as well I'm more, more than happy to do that so, so essentially I went for a role that was much was quite a bit junior um, in a field that I thought was expanding and potential. And, and when I when I landed that role, I realised this is not me. Wow. <laughs> I'm doing a lot of really kind of like junior tasks, really mm-hmm. kind of things that are maybe not in line with my strengths. They were not not junior tasks, so to say, but like kind of more admin stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm more used to the kind of analytical uh, kind of tasks. So so yeah, it wasn't really a, a, a perfect match. And the other thing was also. And I opened the Islamic as well mm. for me. Wow. Well, I, I, yeah. What, what an experience. Um, 
Folks, if you've tuned in, you're listening to The Urban Cube with me, Shamiza, and my absolutely fantastic guest. I'm speaking to no other than Mohammed Malik, um, who's sharing his journey, his, cre- his career from working as an auditor in a leading, leading firm to now following his passion and uh, working and, and supporting young people and upcoming um, entrepreneurs as part of his startup career. Uh, organization which is the aim to pre-accelerate i said that right didn't i pre-accelerate startup companies now we are we we will be heading to a break muhammad but i do want to continue this conversation with you because i think it's absolutely fascinating the fact that your experience that you've just talked about you're talking about engaging supporting young people but you're actually doing that you're not just saying contact me via linkedin contact me which we're going to find out what your social media handles are but you now set up um you're coaching people why did you feel it's necessary to set up the coaching side of things and is this something that you wish you had were given when you were younger exactly so there's two two things uh when you're st- starting up when you kind of like leave corporate world or even you start your side hustle that are really essential um <clears throat> either getting a mentor or getting into a community and alhamdulillah i was able to join a community for ethnic minority uh, and diverse founders called mm-hmm. ysys um your startup your um story so these guys were an incredible community on um, on a program called Slack. Slack is a channel um, that you can access on your mobile or on the internet. So this channel is, you know, mashallah, it's been supporting me and I've been helping wherever I can. The community is essential um, for, for, for a founder, a first-time founder, because starting up is an extremely lonely, lonely place, right? Mm-hmm. So entrepreneurial journey is, is really lonely and you're often by yourself working on your dream. And you really, it's critical to have somebody that you can kind of, mm. you know, somebody that can be a soundboard essentially for you. And the other aspect is kind of like in the art of startup, right, is, is pretty much like like a science that, that mm. nobody, that, that a lot of first time people, you know, that are going into starting their own product or service, they just feel that they're so passionate about this, but they have no idea about marketing, about testing their assumptions about pivoting, about, you know, proof of concept, all these kind of stuff. I actually learned after I wow. ventured in, after I spent my money and after I failed my first kind of like uh, startup, then you realize about these, um, you know, methods for like, for example, the lean startup methodology, wow. something called agile, something called um, design thinking. Uh-huh. And then you, you come across these things and you're realizing, wow, there's actually a proven method. And this, and this is what's so exciting <laughs> is the fact that you you've, tried you failed you've succeeded you have a real raw experience and then that makes you more believable um uh, on your path your journey um i am going to continue this conversation with you mohammed inshallah after the break i hope you can still join us because you are in de- uh, in the day an entrepreneur but in the <coughs> at night you're a comedian a comedy writer what a combination <laughs> we're going to be finding out a little bit more about your comedy journey the creative side because you're doing it all he's doing it all people this is mohammed malik on the urban cube with me shamiza and the time is 10:54 also join 
joined by Rabia and Zakia, their sisters, uh, extraordinary sisters from Luton. Now, there's a question for you, Rabia, from one of our listeners, Asia. Thank you very much, Asia, and walikum salam to you. She has a question for the guests, um, and also this is something that maybe Mohammed can answer to. She is asking her daughter has a uni place for pharmacy and dentistry. Which one should she choose, and why? Yeah. Goodness me, we're going to be heading off to a break, and after that, hopefully, Asia is listening in because I don't want to cut you off um regarding that Mohammed, if you can still join us after the break be awesome to kind of share your link so that the listeners can kind of connect with you because i think what you're doing is absolutely phenomenal for young startup companies is there an age limit um Mohammed, uh for people starting up that's the question i'm going to ask you straight after because an 80 year old woman had actually launched her, her first art gallery exhibition at the age of 80 um so there shouldn't be no age limit folks you are listening to the urban cube we're heading off to a break. After the break, we'll still continue with creative career or career advice and guidance um, because it is Inspire FM's Creative Careers Week. Not creative, but Careers Week. Um, and we're super looking forward to sharing more. Join me straight after this break. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. This is Atif Nawaz. Listen to Inspire FM shows in your time by heading over to inspirefm.org or listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Catch a creative vibe on the Urban Cube with Sister Shamiza. Good morning and assalamu alaikum. It's 11 o'clock Monday, 19th of August, and you're listening to Inspire FM, the Urban Cube show. It is. Careers Week this week, Inspire FM is going all out and speaking to creatives across each of our, our career orientated individuals across the whole of uh, the radio station this week to inspire, motivate those that are newly qualified to go on to their creative journey and those that are wanting some inspirational or motivation to have uh, maybe a career change. On the show today, I'm uh, absolutely delighted to be joined by a number of guests from a wealth of fields, not just locally, nationally as well in in the studio and over the phone. I've had the absolute pleasure of speaking to no other than uh, Dynamic Sisters, Rabia and Zakia Abdullah, mashallah. Um, Zakia is a games illustrator and artist. She's giving away a beautiful piece of work um, today for one lucky listener. What you've got to do, guys, is tell me what industry does she work in? 07779481822 is the number to find, uh, to share your answer with me. Leave your name and the answer. What games industry? What? Oh, I gave it away. I gave it away. That's too much sugar this morning in my coffee. I need to calm down. Um, so what industry does Zakia work in? And we also, we are also joined by her sister Rabia, who is a pharmacist in the day and a poet by night. She's in the studio too, answering questions. Now we had Asia contact us and she's asked the question for the guests, uh, basically in particular to, um, to Rabia, her daughter has a uni place for pharmacy and dentistry, and which one should she choose and why? So we're letting Rabia um, just think about that, and she will be answering that question very shortly. It might be a question that many parents might be listening into, or many young people who've received their A-levels or are applying to go to university this year may want to kind of listen into. But um, I'm joined by another fantastic guest all the way from London, who's had such a remarkable career journey um, from, from working 
in a leading, leading finance company to then going towards Islamic finance to setting up a company, um, a very well, fabulous social enterprise, watch brand company, co-founding the Ramadan legacy. And now he is uh, working towards and he's working towards coaching first time entrepreneurs by lead by setting up a startup pre accelerator um, company. And, and guess what people, he does that all in the day is, and he's a comedian as well, a stand up comedian. Let's hear all about it. Mohammed, thank you for staying on the line. How are you? Alhamdulillah. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, uh, not not by night, but yeah, I, I try to try do it in, in a day as well. But uh, <laughs> so, yeah. You know, it's, you a so pl- it's, it, it's a play on words. You, you know, I need to have my exactly. moment. I've got to make it dramatic and entertaining. Exactly. Yeah. Now, you've had you so such a fantastic career journey and it feels as if it's, the story doesn't stop there for you. You're going to carry on. Um, doing lots more and I'm super excited to kind of follow your journey but the com- uh, the comedy writing side has really quite intrigued me mm. being so kind of business orientated and then then following your passion for writing um, where did that come from? Yeah I think it's really important to exercise both mm. parts of your brain right the, the analytical and the kind of like uh, you know the, the other part which I keep on forgetting but <laughs> but essentially when, when you do when you do do a bit more creative yeah, creative so when you do the more creative kind of stuff it also helps you with your analytics stuff mm-hmm. so let's say you're doing your i don't know pharmacy you're studying your you know science uh, you know stem subject it's good to just take a break and then perhaps mm. draw like a plant or something exactly exactly a plant or something Allowed to draw, right? And when you, when you're, for example, studying, a lot of people tend to, and this is more for the A-level students as well as university, wherever you are. When you're doing your notes or whatever, try to incorporate diagrams, get mm. your highlighters in. So, so using that concept, that's why I kind of like try to do something creative from you know back uh, from school till mm. now. I've always done something creative. Uh, just to balance out my kind of you know the, the accounting side of uh, side of things as well. So so yeah, initially it was it was drama theatre at, at school that that got me started into this. But then later on, I I actually came across most recently a six uh, an eight week um, comedy course um, run by a, a comic guru called Logan Murray. Right, mm-hmm. and after that we were to, uh, we had to perform. A stand up and alhamdulillah you know i got quite a bit of uh, good feedback for that and then i carried on uh, performing i did another performance as well after that so so it's something that inshallah probably will be carrying forward with me oh wow you know what i love here is the fact that all our guests in the studio uh, and yourself included are venturing and balancing both sides of their brains and doing it so well as well and i think this is very inspiring to listeners what would you say to um folk that are listening in right now what sort of advice and guidance would you give to any young person who's now kind of looking at um venturing out into a career uh what tips could you give them i would actually like in terms of looking at looking back giving my young self-advice, I would say, look at those things that are like the dynamic skills mm. as well. So when you're deciding what to do, essentially, mm. 
kind of like a Venn diagram if you were to draw different circles the mm-hmm. first circle being what you're interested in mm-hmm. second circle is what you're good at and the third obviously circle is what the world needs right oh I like that. having that yeah exactly so that sweet spot that matches all these three bubbles so to speak that's the golden area where you know you should focus in terms of career right mm-hmm. and also for Muslims essentially where we should be focused on long-term vision right oh. what how can I help not only the Ummah, but the Muslims, the, the, the world in general um, mm-hmm. is in need of them. So essentially looking, at, and the other things I would like to throw in there for the listeners, right, are fields that maybe you, you didn't think of. Mm-hmm. Have you thought of um, artificial intelligence, data, uh, big data, uh, we're talking about things like um, the psychology of technology. Wow. These, and, you know, things like uh, project management, product development, mm-hmm. These are really in-demand fields that I didn't, and I'm going to be throwing my hands up there and say that I didn't know about these things until of, of late, of recent right. time. And it's when you when you go into kind of like areas like the, um, the what we call this the uh, Silicon Roundabout in London, the mm-hmm. Shoreditch, all these areas that are you know emerging tech companies. You sit with them and you realise what are they looking for? They're, they're not looking for the traditional kind of people. We're looking for generalists, looking for uh, people that I've mentioned in these in these different roles. So I, so I would say, look at your try things. That's the number one rule. If anything that you want to take away from from what I'm saying, all these random stuff, just try uh, try different things and research as well. Look into these um, in demand uh, roles as well, like I mentioned, and have a vision. Have a vision. Mm. Where do you see yourself mm. uh, in ten years' time? What, what do you want to do? What are the things that really lights your soul on fire? Mm. Um, is it kind of you know education? Is it whatever it is? Go for it, inshallah. And and that that question, just to, obviously, inshallah, the sister would be able to answer it perhaps better than me. But it it's really depends on on your child, sister, as to as to what um, she is more into and more inclined to. So looking at kind of pharmacy, dentistry, it's really kind of where do they see, visualize it? You know, I, I would actually do this really kind of unorthodox ex- exercise, right? I would literally vision and kind of like imagine myself in the role and go through the day in as much detail as you can mm. as a dentist or as a pharmacist. And ah. you do that exercise where you'll, you'll kind of like vision, you know, instill that vision within your mind i wake up in the morning i'm a dentist how do i feel about oh. this and then compare that to how would you feel as, as a pharmacist this is kind of a really easy way to gut check which one of the two is better for you how fantastic some great advice they gut check really feel that moment envisage it in your mind wow mohammed mm-hmm. it's been such a pleasure having you join on the show and i really hope that you will join us in the studio because there's so much that you can share with our listeners super inspiring you've had such a fantastic journey um career wise and i don't think it's going to stop there um how can people get in touch with you mohammed how can they connect with you regarding your social enterprise that you're wanting to kind of engage you know first time um social entrepreneurs and um just some of the other projects that you're involved in as well okay so, so my um linkedin profile is uh linkedin.com forward slash i n forward slash muhammad malik zero so that's m u h a m m a d m a l i k zero and uh my email you can get in touch with me at muhammad at ramadanlegacy.com 
Uh, and yeah, those two are probably the easiest ways to get in touch Fantastic. with me, now, folks, um, we've had quite a lot of interest in a lot of the conversations that we had with Mohammed this morning. Um, do go back to the repeated show, which will be 8pm. He will be, inshallah, you will be joining us in the studio shortly, won't you, Mohammed, to talk more because there's so much um, to share uh, with yourself. Thank you so very much uh, the, uh, for joining us. And it's actually National Soft Ice Cream Day, Mohammed, so you can no have way. one. Yes, you need to go and get yourself one because I understand now that ice cream is actually good for you if you have it for breakfast. Yep, people. Wow, Research no is suggesting why, this. Why? why? I don't know why. I need to do a bit more reading there, but I don't mind. I'm totally rocking with this. I'm super <laughs> into soft ice cream. Thank you so very much, Mohammed, for joining us this morning. Thank Have you so a... much. You're, you're very welcome. That was Mohammed Malik Mashallah joining us this morning, talking to us about his absolutely fantastic career. How inspiring. How super inspiring. Now, um, I'm going to be joined by another fantastic guest, inshallah. She is a friend of the show. She is no other than Hanan Issa, who is one of the most remarkable spoken word poets on the scene right now and she's joining us all the way from Wales I believe. I wonder if she's had any soft ice cream this morning. Assalamu alaikum uh, Hanan. Alaikum salam Shamiza and your guest. Hello. How are you this morning? I'm very well thank you. Um, what was that about ice cream? It's National Soft Ice Cream Day today. <laughs> <laughs> you need to go and get one but i think um are you you know are you one of the do you, do you do you like an ice cream from an ice cream van or do you prefer it from like a you know a freezer from oh, the local no, supermarket definitely. definitely good old 99 with a flake and nuts me oh that's a bit posh adding the nuts in there do, do, do you get them <laughs> oh, from the ice cream van <laughs> yeah they'll just they'll, they'll do your 99 and then they just dunk it in some nuts no, I'm totally going off topic. I'm going top, off topic. They're not 99p anymore. Oh, I know. I know, it's a disgrace. It is, isn't it? Oh, gosh. Moving on, moving on. Now, my darling, you're joining us all the way. Is it from Wales this morning? What's the weather like? Um, it's actually surprisingly sunny. Oh, lovely, lovely. Now, I read somewhere that Wales is one of the leading um, tourist spots across England. So Wales is the, the place to be at the moment. I saw that earlier on in the week and it reminded me of you. Oh, <laughs> you have amazing beaches and parks and everything in between. And do you use that space to kind of inspire your writing? Because today you are joining me um, as my poet um, on the show this morning. And mashallah, you're also going to be talking about your new debut poetry pamphlet, My Body Can House Two Hearts. You've had an extraordinary writing journey from the last time I spoke to you, mashallah, because you were um, your winning monologue was featured at Bush Theatre's Hijabi Monologues. And you have not stopped your writing since. It has been Blowing, my dear, and um, and making some serious moves, um, you know, across the country, especially in Wales. So, how have you been, my dear? How have you been? Um, I think you kind of summed it up there. Very, very, you know, as all freelancers, we're happy when the work keeps coming. So, um, I'm loving every minute of it, to, to be honest. Mashallah. Now, today we are highlighting careers and career aspirations, motivating, advising um, our listeners this morning, those that may want to potentially change their career or those that are venturing out um, on the path to a, a new career. Now, um, Madea, have you always um, been interested in writing? Is this what you began 
um, in the early stages, did you qualify um, in a degree that would take you towards like writing poetry? Um, interestingly, I I have I have always written, and I studied English literature. That was my uh, my degree in university, but I never saw it as a career that I could devote my full time to. So I've always had uh, jobs in the third sector, so in charities and things like that, and done this as sort of a part-time passion career. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's only since January of this year that I took the leap to go freelance full-time. Wow. So I I do feel like it's been an interesting ride, yeah. And you... Taking that leap in January, you're definitely not looking back. So that leap was a good move, right? Yes, definitely. Um, To anyone who's thinking of doing it, I would say give it a try. All you can do is fail or succeed, and you know, just you just got to give it a try. And and we should never mark it as a failure, as being uh, you know, if something doesn't work, consider it a failure. It is an experience. We learn from that experience, and we change. And we should always keep trying. Um, uh, Rabia, would you would you agree with those sentiments 100% agree um you have to fail in life to succeed uh, that's what I've learned from life experience and my poem kind of on the one that I'm going to present kind of highlights that in some aspect about slight failures but then if you ha- always have that vision in, in your sight you kind of you would always like succeed in what you do basically or even amend your direction slightly but yeah failures are part of life I don't think people should dwell on the failures it's, it's mm. definitely like a learning and you can only learn from it and it can only make you a better and per- a stronger person. And Zaki, your thoughts on that? Because you've had, you have an extraordinary career as a games illustrator. Did you ever feel that, gosh, what if this doesn't work out because I'm not going to go do pharmacy, my first choice of career? I think definitely it's um, it's kind of a gut instinct mm. you need to follow mm. when you're pursuing your career. It's not just logical, irrational decisions you're making but yeah there's always the giant risk of things not working out but the thing is that in life if you don't take those risks then you don't reap the rewards mm. now Mohammed Malik who was our guest um, earlier Hanan mentioned that when you're looking to change direction or you're looking for a career then maybe do like a diagram and look explore or imagine yourself in that space and uh, follow your gut when you write Hanan do you follow does it have to come from your gut Ooh. Um, honestly, I can't write about things that I'm not passionate mm. about. Um, I do find it, so for example, as a freelancer, you get commissions, which are things that people ask you to write about. Um, and I'm very careful in trying to choose commissions that I can anchor my, I can anchor some kind of interest in, put it that way. Um, I think it must be very difficult to have to write in a creative way about something mm. that you you just have no feelings for. Mm. Now, your debut poetry pamphlet, um, congratulations on that. I'm so excited about this. I absolutely love the imagery. It's called My Body Can House Two Hearts. Wow. Um, the image is very profound. Tell me why. What, tell me firstly the title why do you talk of two hearts and then we're going to talk about the image and i'm going to show my games illustrator in the studio the image and she can kind of give you uh, her thoughts as well okay oh thank you so much you're you're such a lovely hype woman shamiser <laughs> <laughs> i scream in the morning my dear 
<laughs> okay, I feel like that's the way to go. Um, so, yeah, my body can have two hearts. It came from two ideas that are really important to me. Uh, the, the power of women and the ability to raise up others along with yourself. So the idea that a woman's body is full of enough strength and power to actually harness two hearts is based on a verse in the Quran. Um, So um, Allah actually says that he never created a man that had two hearts, and so the inference is that women can. Mm -hmm. And we know that we literally can because we we give birth, so we have children, so we have hearts, another heart within our body. But I think, like, you know, so many verses, there's more than a literal understanding mm, for that. Mm. And I, um, I'm very um, interested in, in a feminist called Audrey Lord's work, and she's written this essay called The Master's Tools Will Never Dismantle the Master's House. And her writing really resonated with this verse for me, and this strength, she talks about the strength that women have, that's this kind of enormous capacity to love that isn't kind of sacrificial and selfless, Mm, mm. but is not afraid to support other women and raise other women up rather than have this fear of this idea that we're competing for space. So rather than we're competing for space and we have to fight to get that space, actually, if we pull everyone along, there will be enough space for us all. Of course. Um, And then obviously the two hearts as well is, it sort of speaks to my mixed heritage. I feel like there are kind of two places on the map that mm. anchor my heritage. So it's about that as well. And your heritage, your Welsh and Iraqi, um, which yeah. uh, you do celebrate in your writing. Your writing is extraordinary and I'm a massive big fan. And it's always a pleasure having you sharing this. And I feel so um, delighted that, um, you, you know, we're going to be hearing a piece from My Body Can House Two Hearts. So um, whilst I allow you to get ready to perform this piece, um, let me just introduce you again to our wonderful listeners. Folks, if you've just tuned in, it's 11.20 um, and I'm joined by some amazing guests. And one of my guests is no other than Hanan Issa. She's a Welsh Iraqi poet and writer and she's beat featured on both ITV Wales and BBC Radio Wales and worked in partnership with the National Museum Wales, Warwick University, Swansea Fringe and uh, Wales Arts International, just naming a few. Her work has been published in Hedgehog Press, Wales Arts Review, um, Lumen Journal, Poetry Wales, Y Stamp, Sisterhood Magazine and Muslim Girl. Her winning monologue was featured at Bush Theatre's Hijabi Monologues, which I hope you remember, guys, because I did interview her just a day after I was so on it people um, when she'd performed when it was performed there she's also the co-founder of Wales first BAME open mic series where I'm coming from and she was a 2018 Hay Festival writer at work we at the Urban Cube have had the absolute pleasure of hearing and inviting Hanan Issa performing from her debut poetry pamphlet My Body Can House Two Hearts the mic is oh sorry no, go ahead. Um, the, the piece that I'm going to read uh, is called Lands of Mine, and it uh, speaks about my two places of heritage. Um, I use some Welsh phrases, Ooh. so just to um, help anchor your listeners. My hen lads and hadai means the land of my fathers, and I reverse that and say the my hen lads and mamai, which means the land of my mothers. Okay, so this is Lands of Mine. 
Henlad Van Haddai occupies my thoughts. Blazing rage and bullets piercing dreams of Baghdad. The Askari is gone. I roll up paper, twist out the middle and crumple it to resemble the damaged Malia. Even the spots where a lovesick girl jumped to join the deaths of Mongol hordes and wise men lying forgotten in the dust. Baba, you promised you would eat at the rotating restaurant. But someone like my son, nothing like my son, finds comfort in thinking he was following orders. And as houses collapse, palm trees extend heavenwards afraid to look at the painful detritus below that lights a blinding hiraz inside me for my henlad mamai, the home I have loved halfly. I think of my great-grandfather who breathed in coal dust as he breathed out kindness. Mishtaqeen, I miss you, gentle George. From the dark wooden doors of my nan's Welsh dresser emerge stories of royal dogs and fickle flower princesses. Can you makan? I am a woman of neither here nor there. Although it is here I have bled and brought forth my child of more than two places. I gift him with the names of extraordinary princes and the stories of my people, of Fallujah, of Abervan, of Baghdad, of Kaidi. Beautifully read. Um... Uh, I'm just mesmerized by the journey that you've taken um, with taken us. Um, Zakia and Rabia, Rabia, you're also a poet. Your thoughts on Hanan's piece? Uh, I'm I'm not. I just started doing it. But yeah, no, it sounds very deep. I like that. Um, You've you've kind of she's kind of basically extracted two different uh, backgrounds, merged into one. So. One minute it's in Wales, next minute it's in Iraq. So it's, it's quite interesting. I like that one. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful celebration of two remarkable cultures. Um, uh, uh, Zaki, your thoughts? I think it was a really beautiful piece you wrote there. I'd be interesting to hear more from you. And how do we make that possible, Hanan? <laughs> how can people connect with you? And how can we get hold of this wonderful W Poetry pamphlet? Well, well, I'm glad you asked. So you can um, follow me on social media. So my name is Hanan Issa and on Instagram it's Hanan is Creative. Um, and the pamphlet will be coming out in October and it will be available on Amazon and Waterstones, but also <coughs> my website, hananisa.com. How fabulous. Hanan, thank you so very much for joining us this morning and thank you for sharing your beautiful poetry. Um, and I'm super looking forward to getting hold of the debut, uh, pa- a poetry pamphlet as well, which is called My Body Can House Two Hearts. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Shemaita. Thank you all. Goodbye, everybody. Assalamu alaikum. Bye. The, the wonderful Hanan Issa there who just performed a beautiful piece. Now we're still joined by Zakia and Rabia and Rabia is going to be performing her piece um, straight after the break and we'll be answering those questions that the wonderful Asya Mahmood has con- uh, shared with us regarding a career direction. So join me straight after the break for more competition, conversations and poetry straight after this break. Assalamu alaikum. On 105.1 FM, Inspire FM. a creative vibe on the Urban Cube with Sister Shamiza. That's right, folks. Good morning. You are catching a creative vibe. Where else on the Urban Cube with me, Shamiza, taking you all the way to 12 o'clock. I am now fully awake. 
I hope you guys are too. Had a few glitches on the show, but all, all, all is sorted, all is sorted. And I'm totally, totally rolling with the vibe this morning with some absolutely awesome conversations with great guests. It is Inspire FM's Careers Week, and this is what we're talking about on the show today, about different career journeys um, that my awesome guests have had. And in the studio right now, I have the absolute pleasure of having not one, but two sisters joining me, sharing their remarkable journey. Um, firstly, I need to say an assalamu alaikum to both of them. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you so very much. I like the way that was so synchronized <laughs> together. Synchronized. It is Zakia and Rabia Abdullah. Now, Zakia is a games illustrator and artist. She's giving away a beautiful piece that she's actually created. I'm showing it to the camera right now. Uh, it is on the, it's on my social media site. So it's a beautiful fairy tale image that she's created. Now, this is a, this is a giveaway, which we're going to be rolling not just on this show, I think next week as well. Um, and the question is, what industry does Zakia work in? What industry does Zakia work in? And we have Rabia in the studio too. She's a pharmacist stroke poet. And we're going to be getting uh, Rabia performing a piece on the show right now. After this, we're going to be answering a few career-related questions, which um, a, a, a wonderful listener has uh, co contacted us regarding dentistry and pharmacy, the kind of pathway, which one should her daughter potentially take? Gosh, that's a question and a half. Um, so I hope we're not here to answer. Give uh, like the last What's that thing? Like, I think we're inspiring, inspiring direction. But the choice and obviously the pathway is yours at the end of the day. Um, we're just here to kind of give a few little, little, little sort of inspirational um, directions. So, wow. Um, shall we kind of like, shall we answer that question first before we yeah, go to yeah, the po poem? To so the question was, from what I understand, is whether her daughter should do dentistry or pharmacy yeah. because she's been offered a place. Yeah, she, um, she has... She has been, she's been given. So Z Zakia, um, what's happened is Asia has contacted us and she's basically said her daughter's taken a deferred year out. Now she's interested in these, in the profession of science and, and medicine. However, she is not sure on, um, which one she should choose and why. So this is the question she's kind of wanting to ask yourself because obviously you're in that industry yeah um so basically well firstly i'd like to say with regards to dentistry and even pharmacy both careers are very vast so people would assume that for example with regards to pharmacy you know you only work in the community retail stores and dispensing medication and for dentistry people think okay you're only just um doing just the basic kind of dental checkups but i think the first thing i would say to her is to explore actually there's explore the different pathways within that each of the respective professions mm -hmm. think about what you would like to go into because in terms of the community pharmacy perspective um that that side is i guess it used to be more security than bef before but now i suppose in terms of the nhs and things like that it's kind of it's not as uh, stable as it used right. to be should we say but in terms of moving into the pharmaceutical industry with the pharmacy degree, that's something that is um, that's something that is very rewarding, career-wise, and it, uh, its benefits, the packages, ability to work from home, 
Um, See, I didn't know that, but there was flexibility from working from home. What, do you have like a little cupboard? Um, (laughs) Like with all the... (laughs) No, no, they they do like, so most companies will do two or three times work from home. Right, okay. As well. And then you you also get to travel abroad to different countries. Um, So I've, I've had some crazy experiences there. Um, and it's and you got meetings and things like that, so it's a very exciting kind of career in that aspect. So, but in terms of pharmacy, there's also other areas you can go into, as you can work with the governments as well, mm-hmm. and you know, medicines, health agency, you know, public health, England, various other things. So pharmacy has that breadth as well. From dentistry, obviously, I'm not a dentist, but from what I understand, there's a lot of breadth in that aspect, mm-hmm. specialising in certain areas of oral health. You know, for example, prosthetics. Um, you know, different areas basically you can specialise in. So both both um, fields have various kind of um, areas to mm-hmm. go into. But I think in terms of making decision wise, I for for her I would focus on a couple of aspects in terms so of really what is she interested in kind of doing and making sure it's something she's interested in because. You know, um, doing a career just, for example, because your parents said or because you think you might be interested, but not really, it will affect you because at the end of the day, you're spending most of your life at work. So you have to do something you enjoy. And that's the, that's the crazy thing. We do spend most of our time at work. Yes. Um, <laughs> and re- the reality is, wow, it it goes, you spend more time pushing buttons, working for a system. And, and if you're not happy, that really does help uh, affect your mental health and well-being. So it really needs to be the correct decision. Exactly. And Mohammed made a really interesting point. He's kind of talked about diagrams and envisaging yourself in that space. And what is it that you, you know, that makes you happy and content? Um, Z- uh, Zakia, you're somebody that kind of really went for your heart and, and followed your heart, your pathway. You're really, and, and you're happy with that choice of working in the games industry because you originally pharmacy was going to be your pathway. Yeah, I'm really happy with the decision, actually. I think it was the right move. Um, if I didn't follow my gut, then I would have regretted it. Mm. I definitely would have. So I'd say if anyone's in that position as well, definitely really listen. You've got to listen to your gut sometimes and just let that take over. Wow. Wow. Follow your gut instinct. Uh, I'd say as well in the same aspect, to enjoy something is one thing, but also to ensure that the job itself is stable right. and the working conditions is something that you can handle. Ah. Because, for example, what I understand with community pharmacy now is nowadays there's, the shifts are very long and mm-hmm. there's um, issues in terms of um, re- payment kind of thing is kind of stabilised as opposed to before it was increasing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that aspect has kind of reduced in terms of the community pharmacy side. Pharmaceutical industry is always going to thrive because medicines. Uh, so that side's fine. Dentistry-wise, uh, from what I understand, I don't see any kind of issues in terms of any times of issues, people will always kind of need the dentists. So I think research in terms of the stability of the job, the security, whether you're interested in the job, um, and speak to people in the various professions that you're interested in and try and understand what is a day like in real life mm-hmm. and what's the work-life balance, because you want to think about how do you want to live your life when you are working and what kind of life do you want to live? Because, you know, some people might not be happy to travel abroad, for example. Mm-mm. Some people might not be happy to, you know, um, be in office all day. So yeah. it's really about your preference and what do you want and based on what you want, what you're interested in and where you see yourself and also where where is the career heading towards. 
based on those aspects, then you kind of make your decision. So it's all about basically researching these things, which um, you need to do before you jump in. So that was yeah. what I did for, in my case. I researched these things before I kind of jumped into uh, doing doing pharmacy. It's fantastic advice there. I hope us, yeah, listening in, that would be, um, this is kind of going to support and help your daughter making those decisions because it is quite a scary, scary uh, thought um, when you're not sure and you're heading into the working world or going on to do studying a degree that is like one it's quite expensive oh, yeah. with all this, the fees and you're spending a number of your life years of your life and if you're not going to be happy studying that and working in that industry um, it, it, it's not good is it I, so yeah, I've seen people who have mm. studied and they didn't enjoy it and now they they are doing other things so mm-hmm. and I also seen people who've done pharmacy but then end up doing dentistry as well right Medicine as well. so, so you can still there is that option of change you don't have to be stuck basically uh, every, it's just everything you can do in your life you can always change you don't yeah. ever feel confined to one mm, thing in life mm. Zaki you're nodding ahead yeah, so that's true. You, definitely yeah. you can always there's always opportunities out there for people who are willing to work and mm. do pay their dues Definitely. Thank you so much for that, Rabia and Zakia. And I do hope that that's kind of proved to be quite useful, not just for our wonderful um, listener who's just sent us that message, but anybody else tuning in. Now, if you do want to ask any questions regarding the pharmaceutical industry or maybe the games industry, then please do get, get in contact with us on 07779481822. The show will be repeated 8 p.m. this evening. We do have a podcast which will be going um, going on all our social media sites. And we're also on the web as well. So coming back to my wonderful guest, who is Arabia um, Abdullah. She's a pharmacist plus also a emerging poet, and she'll be performing at an event which is happening in London uh, called S... S Poetry. S Poetry. Uh, S Poetry. And it, yeah, basically, if you search it, it's on Instagram as well, uh, or Google. If you do S Poetry, then that space fantastic and we're getting a little bit of a a teaser of one of your poems which you will be also performing at s poetry so what is the poem called that you're going to be performing okay so the poem i made is um called empathy Mm -hmm. and it's based on like a girl kind of thing and her life and things like that and it is kind of brings those humane kind of feelings and emotions uh, that we discussed in terms of hope and failing and then trying to succeed ah. um, um which is very apt for the show yeah um so there's a lot of and it's a lot of about patience and again about you know faith in god and things like that so mashallah there's loads of different different things in there and mainly it's telling the story of this kind of girl and what she's going through um Unfortunately, you won't get to hear the, hear the whole lot due to time, but um, you get to you get to hear the rest, I suppose, if you come to the event or something like this. Um, but I will give you um, a short of it, basically. But it's kind of like a story of this girl, what's happening and the thoughts, and it kind of takes you on a journey with, with that, I suppose. So, should I start the poem? Yes, go ahead, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so, Empathy. They ask what creates empathy, a mystery, but it lies in the untold story of pain and agony. A life, a world, self-sufficient, reminiscent of the times dependent on none, except for the one, but alas, with a blink of an eye, a wail, a cry, unwanted news bemused, whispers in the mind, how could this be, why me? Shunned away, but no escape, for the fate was to come, and what was to succumb had become a reality. 
A gift overlooked and taken for granted, a lesson of importance, a calamity, or perhaps a bounty, it can be disputed, but the result the same, for what came came swiftly and with that bravery, anticipation, hope. In the one omnipotent, prayers whispered to help cope, and with that admission, the procedure had begun, unconscious. It was only a moment and the procedure was done, laying comatose bearing the pain, unable to process what had happened, her mother by a bedside shattered, weary, crippled. Countless tears could not dispel her pain, life's lost tragedy a reality, her vibrant daughter a pale lifeless body, blindless pervert over this actuality, a stark guarantee of the fragility of life, and with strife. Days passed immobilised, incapacitated, the nights paralysed, engulfed in pain, morphine running through her veins, could not dispel the anguish. The light of hope almost vanished. Self-sufficiency became dependence, again and again requesting assistance. Reflection on what had been and what came. Perhaps a recovery, perhaps none, she prayed. Alone, paralysed, defeated, invoking the Creator. He alone, a saviour from this despair and with fear. Sleep at last. Two hours had passed and awoken again. Not the same, a strike of hope and calm. For now she could cope. A vast contrast separated by glass, outside, tranquillity, calmness, peace, as the birds perched, delicately perched on the branches of vibrant trees, chanting their melodious tweets, and with her feet she battered herself to try again, to stand again, to walk again, for just a glimpse of that serenity, dragging her lifeless body sitting slowly, grasping unbearably onto pillows, standing up a ferocious piercing pain. She screeched, and what a breach. Nurses in shock, victory in mind, she tried with the end point in sight. Standing, victorious, exhausted, fallen. Hope has no boundaries, with time it succeeds, only effort as its fuel and vision as its direction. A reality, it will be free. There's, there's more to it, but would you like me to continue? You can carry on, yeah. I'm intrigued okay. by the end, of the, the end of the poem. Okay, okay. Hope has no boundaries, with time it succeeds, only effort as its fuel and vision as its direction, a reality it will be, free. Again and again the piercing pain, agonising screeches echoing through the corridor, standing and falling. Muscles, muscles straining, tension building but only gaining, for what was a fall repeating and motivating. Success at the door, closer and closer. Sitting became standing, standing became walking, and without talking, persistence. Hope has no boundaries with time it succeeds, and that she became. No longer the lifeless, paralysed body engulfed in shame. Able to walk again, slowly, strained. Out of the corridor to a new life. The past a memory, and what was to see, wounds apparent, triumphant. Serenity found tranquillity. But what was the price, the fragility of life? So I ask you, what creates empathy? Perhaps the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. Beautiful. Thank you so very much. What creates empathy? That is a question I'd love to ask our listeners this morning. What does create empathy? Have we lost the feeling or sense of empathy in the world that we live today? Because it's such a fast world, so fast paced. And some, unfortunately, sometimes our careers kind of like knock it out of us, knock it's, feelings it's of emotion out of us because we're so robotic. I guess that's, the, that's with, with the careers. You can say that even... Um, 
people they just get onto their daily day to day mm. lives mm. and I suppose we're kind of focusing on our little bubble mm. and we are not kind of extending the reach, I guess, to others. But I suppose this poem it the purpose of it was in the, initially we asked what is empathy and then instead of saying this is what empathy is you get to feel empathy mm. when you're listening to the poem so then you feel the meaning as opposed to just right here's the meaning of empathy because now you've walked through this person's kind of um journey journey and the other point in in the poem i suppose is i've made it kind of abstract mm. in, in aspects of it so that actually you can reflect on as per part of your life and it becomes your kind of relatable relatable and your kind of story mm -mm. and your kind of uh, struggle or whatever the struggle you had maybe and this is the beautiful thing about poetry it reaches out to anybody and everybody depending on um if it's relatable um and you know and, and there's i always find one line in a poem always stands out more than others and that line kind of resonates so deep and it hits me so hard and that's what i love about poetry the fact is i'm not expecting to be overwhelmed by the whole piece but just one line and i'm searching for that line um zakia you know your sister's a, a remarkable poet thank you so very much rabia for sharing that beautiful piece which is going to be showcased at oh s poetry in london um so in my instagram you can follow my instagram and then i will have an advert with the poster on it cool fantastic um, would you like the instagram yes please share the handle it's called um poetry by elegance that's that's the name of the instagram fantastic now zakia you've been listening into your sister um did you did you know she was a poet or is this has this surprised you so she's always been into writing i'd say from a very young age because our family's quite creative as well as quite logical and um she's always been a very good writer mashallah and so her going into poetry on the side naturally seems quite natural for her because mm. my other sister is a, a very good poet as well oh wow gosh so, a family of creatives i'm absolutely <laughs> loving yeah. this um zakia she uh, rabi talked about empathy and um kind of reaching out to listeners listening into and relating to her poetry what do you feel that your work reflects some form of empathy do you think that's a theme that you explore and uh, or human emotions through your work I think it's a big part of my work and a big mm -hmm. part of art in general is to connect with the viewer. Mm -hmm. So I do the, I do it through visually, through the brush strokes, through composition and colours. Mm -hmm. So Spring especially was a piece created to a, when I was going for a walk um, after quite a tough time and just feeling and experiencing the surrounding around me and being like, mashallah, this is so gorgeous and beautiful mm. just capturing that moment and mixing it in with the fantasy genre mm. to kind of express that feeling now you mentioned you've just said mashallah and you're appreciating the you know mashallah the blessing of Allah in the surroundings around you do you bring in your faith into your artistry or do you keep it out i think i bring it i bring it in somewhat into my work because um, my work's kind of my personal work especially is inspired by uh culture and i'm working on a new piece actually called based on my a trip to morocco oh so i tend to get inspired by my surroundings around me um and i'd say it's a merging merging between renaissance style between modern day style and between my cultural and uh, heritage. And where can we see your work? Because I'm so blown away by the piece and so have been many listeners who've kind of contacted us um, who've seen this piece. How 
where else can we see it? So you can see more pieces on my website at www.zakiaabdullah.com. But I'll post all my details on the Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Have you exhibited your work anywhere? When I was younger, when I was around 1920, I had an exhibition. Um, it was my first exhibition. Um, I haven't yet done many exhibitions because I've been focusing on my career working in the industry. Right. But I'm looking, I'm actually looking um, to get more into that for my personal work. Mm-hmm. And would that be in Luton or out of Luton? Um, both. I don't mm-hmm. mind both. Really. So if there's anybody who's seen your work, um, would you like them to get in touch and hopefully potentially get your work exhibited? Because I think they deserve to be exhibited. I really love this style. I just find it very unique um, because it's fairy tale and it kind of takes you away into an imaginary world. And sometimes you just need to switch off and go into a fantasy world. Um, and it kind of makes me feel like young. Yeah, <laughs> and childlike. Definitely, definitely. I like that. Yeah, childlike, I'd say. Definitely. Um, uh, one point to mention is that I've created a few other pieces that are based on seasons. So okay. I've done spring, I've done uh, summer I'm working on, I've done winter and I'm working on autumn. So it's one for each season and there's girls based on those. Ah, and I like the fact that they're quite modestly dressed, your fairies yeah. are. So it's um, very, there's an elegance Exactly, yeah. yeah. I think we were thinking of doing a little collaboration. That I was <laughs> going to ask you that question. Is there going to be a collabor- collaboration like, of poetry um, and artistry? The pe- yeah, we were thinking about it, basically, but we are just trying to think of what theme to do first. Mm. And then we just do a little collaboration and put a poem. Well, you need to come back to the show because it's an exclusive, people. The, uh, you know, the Abdullah Sisters com- collaboration has been announced, so we're eagerly going to await that. Um, and do you both inspire each other? um to kind of you know you, you talked about um no hanan talked about i think it was yourself about women coming together supporting one another being a good network having empathy um not competing but collaborating and as sisters is is that what you guys do kind definitely. of definitely um like for this poem she was the first one i asked what do you think of this poem? Do you think it's good enough? Like, what do you think I should do? So she gave the feedback. And then when she write, does her painting, she'll say, right, well, yeah, what definitely. do you think of the painting? What do you think I should do? And wow. we just give each other, we just bounce ideas off each other because our mind is like that. We can right. just like bounce. But we've been like that since we were, were children, to right. be honest with you. Uh-huh. We used yeah. to... Um, we used to do various things, drawings, like we used to do drawing like and we used to create board games and we give each other honest feedback. So right. we give each other constructive criticism which is really important when you're being creative our other sister as well she's she she does we were with her as well we do the same thing like she has her poetry things and we we bounce ideas off her as well so i also bounced this poem poem off her as well uh before i was like okay absolutely love this i i really am so enamored by the fact that so much energy and creativity is coming from one household um and you know and it's kind of reaching out now wider to a greater platform and this is a beautiful thing and i I really want to see more of it do you feel that you're getting enough creative inspiration from luton the town itself are you out there seeing what's going on do you know what's happening around you um i don't think it's a good question, but I would say like you, we have to kind of go out there and see because mm. I think when I'm writing the poems, like I'll be at a certain place and then I'll think, oh, okay, I think of it. So I went to Wadam Park the other day and I thought, oh, I'm thinking to write a poem because 
um, just about that experience that I had just in the park, you mm. know, seeing various different people doing mm. different things, families, you know, friends, things like that. And I just thought, okay, I'm going to write a poem. So when I have the idea, I just like note it down, okay, I'm going to write a poem about this topic and then I'll pick it up someday and I'll just write the poem. So you don't do it there and then, you I, give yourself a bit of a gap. My mind works like that. Mm. Um, my mind, like in the background, it will be processing it. Mm. So then when I come back to it, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. You know, I can just do it straight away. And is that what you do, Zakia, yeah, with your exactly. illustrations? Um, yeah, exactly. I just keep it. I normally take quite a while to create my pieces. So I just generally create a sketch or some form of a thumbnail just to capture that moment. Wow. Now, folks, we're heading off to the end of the show. The repeat will be 8pm. But, but just before we go, ladies, one tip you could give to our listeners before we end the show. Follow your gut instinct. Follow your gut instinct and... And I would say, like, don't don't let go of your dreams and never think that you failed in life. You There's always, there's always you know, room to improve and there's always different avenues you can go to and um, try new things and just basically try new things, live your life and don't refine yourself to certain aspects of life. Love it. Some great advice there from both of our guests. Thank you, Rabia. Thank you for Zakia for joining us. And we're going to be rolling the competition over to next week as well, inshallah. So for me, assalamu alaikum. Have a wonderful day and follow your dreams, people. And always have faith. So assalamu alaikum from us. Take care. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at inspirefmluton.org.